This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Thanks for coming back and joining us on this episode of the MFG Cast. Today we're going to talk about a topic that's kind of uh, edgy. I don't know. It's a little different from your normal conversation. Yeah, I I came up with the topic today because it's hot and heavy and hanging over our heads these days. The topic of COVID nineteen and how it is impacting our board game community with our local game stores, both the board game cafes, just the straight up game stores, and gaming in general, I think. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Cool. But before we talk about that, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, One of the games that we've been playing recently is a oldie but goodie, and it's one I don't think we've played since maybe... The few times we played before a review of it, and it is Reef by Plan B Games or Next Move Games. They don't have a Twitter account, so a lot of times we just put. A lot of times when we play the game, we just put it under Plan B's. Because it's that whole what subsidiary subsidiary game. This company and this company and this company yep, or whatever. Yeah, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. So yeah, so it was nice to get uh, Reef back to the table. Mm-hmm. I'm still terrible at it, but you did not lose that bad. <laughs> I I did not lose that bad. That's a good way you, to phrase it. You didn't, because I thought you were going to lose a way worse, and then you were kind of almost the comeback kid at the very end of the game. Yep. If I wouldn't have made a dumb decision, I would have maybe won that game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I still really like the, like this game, even though I'm awful at it. Um, you're just ba- basically building up your coral reef, and depending upon what cards you play, you can get a couple of coral icons or a couple of coral pieces to put on your board and then depending upon if you have the right combination of things on the bottom half of your card you can actually score points too but uh yeah this is just it's just a fun quick game that i think anybody can play and yeah just the you know being able to strategize how to do your because a four by four grid it's or is it five by five maybe the grid is four by four seems too small it is a four by four grid ha ha i knew it well, but yeah just being able to stack pieces up and it you know it doesn't matter if you even stack different colors up on it you just have to whatever's on top basically is how you score your points and stuff like that and you can get different things like you can get like an l-shaped of purple or you can have like if you had like one uh, yellow in the middle and then a bunch of green around it depending upon how it is attached to it 
then you can get points that way, and is you know depending upon how, how much, high it is. And yeah, and you can have multiples to give you more points per card and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of different things that you can do to play play yeah. this game, and then the game ends when you have either depleted the deck of cards, which I don't think we've ever done, Mm-mm. or when one of the stacks of coral. There's four different colored pieces of coral. One of the stacks is gone. Yep. Then you finish out um, whoever's turn it is, and then you count up your coins. Yep. Yep. Whoever has multiple. And then Tracy wins. Yep. Every single time. Ta-da. Fun. All right. What else have we been playing? Last night we had a game night, so we played several games. We played... Also, another game we had in our collection that we hadn't played for a while called Sword Crafters by Adam Zapple Games. And for those of you who haven't played this game, it's definitely, I don't think, like any other game that we've ever played. Yeah, it really is. Your goal is to build a sword, and it's based a lot on a few different things. You have a few different objectives. There's objective cards depending on how hard you want to make it. So one of our objectives was to have the least amount of like royal blue gem stones on our sword. You're literally building a cardboard sword of sorts. Yeah. And then you're also doing like a cut and slice type movement on the board with the other players to collect um, other colored gems. I think there's like six or seven different colored gems. In fact, there is one um, square that is blank. So that kind of hoses up the show in your on your sword too. But if your side of the sword matches a whole bunch of the same color, then you score points for that also. But it has four sides and all the pieces lock together and you get points for having the tallest sword or the longest sword. And you score points for the most gems on each side that are the same color, that are connected, and when you meet the objectives. And did I miss anything else? Just a totally different game. Um, We did post a picture of what our swords look like on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. So if you're interested in kind of seeing what that's like, it's pretty cool. And when you when you think cardboard and you think cardboard swords, you think it's like some like flimsy crap, but whatever. But yeah. like these these tiles that it's basically kind of like cardboard tiles that you kind of interconnect to make the swords. They're really good quality and hold up really well, mm-hmm. and you know make a nice sword and just it's fun. But it's kind of hard too to you know get the points that you want, and because you're doing the eye cut you choose thing, like you can cut it up into quite a few different pieces and they even throw like the there's like a first player token uh tile in there that if you get grab that then you can have the first player token for the next round and you know be able to not only cut first but also choose first so Mm -hmm. so you know there's a lot of good strategy to this game and again like tracy said there's not really that many games out like this and it's 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 really fun i enjoy it that was a good one and that one we hadn't played for quite a while I think we bought that one last year at Con of the North. Yeah, I think so. Yep. We learned that one at Con of the North, and we had to check that out, and we bought that there. And the last game we played last night was Taverns of Tiffin Hut. 
Tiffenthal, <laughs> I think is how it's pronounced. Tiffenthal or Tiffenthal. Tiffen, no, I don't know. We're not, well, we are, we have German in our blood, but we don't talk the taverns of Tiffenthal <laughs> by North Star Games. You want to talk about this one? Yeah. Yeah, this one is basically you're building up your own tavern and you're trying to kind of have the best one where you invite all these people and you try to serve them stuff but you're also it's weird it's a weird concept because you're you're trying to get as many people as you can to be at your tavern so you can have the most prestigious tavern and the wealthiest or whatever but you're using these dice to roll and depending upon certain things you can get more dice and and stuff like that and you roll your dice and you place on these different spots on your board and you can get either coins or you can get beer. And depending upon how much of those you have, you can buy more patrons that can help you get more beer and more gold and stuff like that. But you can also upgrade your um, your tavern too to kind of do better things. Like you can get more beer, you can get more gold, but also you have some people that work for you. So like there's like a dishwasher that you can add one to your one of your dice. And then there's the server and she helps. You can get, you have, everyone has three color dice of your color. And you actually, depending upon however many servers you have, you can roll up to three dice to have more dice to place on your board and stuff like that. And you know, basically what you're doing is you're you're doing eight rounds and you're just trying to collect as many victory points depending upon what they are. Like you have victory points on the patrons that you bring in. There's also nobles that you can get when you upgrade your tavern, but you can also pay for them using uh, beer. beer, but you have to have an absorbent amount of beer. I don't know how you, you know how you get to that. Did you really? Yeah. I never did. And then I was work. That was my last round, and I was working on collecting so much beer that I could could uh, get yeah. one noble in the end. Yeah. So like your nobles are worth ten victory points. So getting those more is good. But then you've also got some other patrons and workers and stuff like that that give you more victory points. But they also help you, you know, kind of beef up your tavern. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy. It. There's just so much. Plus there's. Like what six modules, five, five or five. six modules that can really, not, you're not playing the same thing every like time. Like enhance it, and it's not when he talks about the modules. It's not like you have to buy an expansion for the game. They come with the, this game. They're just portions that you add on to the main game, and you just keep adding them. Of course, if you want to play module four, you have to play one through three also. So then you add them together. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what, what I think is really cool is that it's a blend between dice rolling and kind of card draft. What do you call it? It's not really drafting, but card well, you've placement. Got, yeah, you've got dice drafting, dice placement, deck building almost. Deck, yeah, you're kind of building your deck. And then what I thought was cool is you have your own individual boards that you have to build at the beginning before the game even starts. So... You basically hook on like almost puzzle pieces to attach the server and the dishwasher and your cash box and the brewery and all these pieces and the tables and all these pieces and everything works around your own table. And what's really nice is that the majority of the turns are played simultaneously. So 
you're not waiting around for the other person to make their choices. So it goes a little bit faster. It went a little bit slower for us because it was our first time playing it and there was a lot going on and we were figuring it out. But you do what, eight, eight rounds, is that right? Mm-hmm. Eight rounds, but there's like eight different actions that you also do in each round. And I would say five of them happen at the same time between all the players. Mm-hmm. So, and there's just a few things that happen individually that you wait for each player to do. And I don't think that they're completely hosing it up except for you're doing dice draftings too. So that is one of the pieces that could kind of screw up the other players. Yeah, exactly. Because you have these coasters that have your four dice that you roll. And then once you draft a dice, you actually pass it to the player to your left. And then they draft, you know, and then you just keep drafting until all the dice are gone. So you could, you know, help yourself and screw somebody else up in that process too. Yeah. So. But it's interesting. We knew we recognized the name of the person who made this game. And it was the same guy that made its Wolfgang. Wolfgang Warsh. And he also did Quacks. Yeah, Quacks so, and Quillenberg. Of course we like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a phenomenal game. Like, I know a lot of people had said that they really d- dug it and stuff like that. But, like, just play. Yeah, I, I think I even said, like, round two. I'm like, I, I really like this game already. <laughs> we hadn't <laughs> even got. Oops. And we hadn't even gotten into the meat of the game yet, so. Right. It'll be interesting as we add the extra modules to see what that's like. Yeah, definitely. And I like that. I feel like Wolfgang has has a really good eye for making his games not be stale. You know, like adding these modules and having, you know, just even, it doesn't even, like, there's not even, like, a ton of stuff that goes with these modules, but it just... It just does. It does just enough to kind of bring it to the next Refresh level. the game and yep. make it a little bit better. And it, I love that. I, lo- I love that. He, you know, he's thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I think enough with what we've been playing. Exactly. Right? Let's talk about the topic. Like we said earlier, the topic we're going to talk about is what's going on in the world um, with COVID nineteen and the struggles that board game cafes and uh, board game shops and just people in general are having with being able to support, Yeah, I would say, these places. Like I've seen a lot on Facebook regarding board game cafes especially losing copious amounts of income because people aren't coming in. They're yeah. quarantining themselves because there's major sections around the entire world that are being quarantined, and obviously people aren't going out anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, what can we do to help them? Yeah, so what's the thing we could do for, like, a board game cafe? Well, I was thinking about it as I was before we started recording this, and I saw a lot of things online regarding, like, even involving restaurants and what you can do. And then I thought, well, why couldn't you do this for a board game cafe? Why can't you, if they don't sell products, because I saw online there's one board game cafe that commented that they're losing like 60% of their income because they're so slow. What about if they offer like gift cards or gift certificates for their place for people to come in later? And do like their day gaming or something like that, purchasing it to use at a later time. Mm-hmm. 
That's so that to offer them some money until things kind of the hype kind of clears out a little bit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think about that, I think also about like local board game shops too, not just the cafes themselves. Like, yep. you know, with some board game shops that are local, some, well, it's becoming more prevalent these days, they'll have an online store. So if you can't meet somebody face to face, you know, doing that online shopping, even though a lot of people want to just go, oh, I just want to go to Amazon and get that free shipping that I pay for every year. And, you know, do it that way. Why not spend a little bit more, you know, pay a little that little bit amount of shipping and buy some games from these local game stores and stuff like that and have them shipped to you so you, they can get that re- get the revenue that way. Or if you don't want to spend the money on the shipping for the games, you could circle back to um, my original comment. Why not support them by doing some sort of gift card gift certificate, whatever they offer, Mm -hmm. or merchandise when it comes to, like, supporting them via sweatshirt, Mm -hmm. shirt, bumper stickers, you know, anything like that that you can support them with during this really hard time where they, this is how they live. This is how they're support. I mean, this is, they need to make it too. Yeah. I mean, everyone's in a different um, path. They're all in different careers. Some businesses are completely shutting down, but they can still make it happen. Whereas we're the people that are making these businesses happen, and that really sucks. So I I just keep thinking, like, what can we do to be able to help them? Or if I think some are even posting they never had it online before, so they're posting lists of games so that they're able to sell them online instead of in store to be able to make money Mm -hmm. so seek those types of things out to be able to help people because what a better time to be able to reach out and be able to help people that really need it yeah if you're able yeah i think another thing which you kind of talked about that kind of sparked this is is online community stuff like saying hey i know that my local game store has this so why don't we you know why don't we represent them this way? Or reaching out to other companies or publishers that you're like, okay, I know that this game company is a smaller company and they this is probably going to affect them greatly. And I will put their name on the spotlight and say, hey, let's let's see if we can help these people out. Mm-hmm. You know? So then I I like to kind of go into the whole publisher thing. Like, this is gonna hurt publishers big time. Not the bigger ones, more of the smaller ones, more of the medium. The not as, you know, not the asthma days and stuff like that, like, it's going to affect them because most of the time they're out demoing these games at local board game stores and they're trying to get word of mouth and stuff like that. So, you know, us as a community, I think it could be a good thing where we could be like, I know that this small company works out of whatever that's close to me and I won't be able to see them, but maybe I can go to their online store and grab a couple of their products so they can stay afloat. Yes. I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah, and and just like you said, with even the other stores, like other products, you can do like if they have a t-shirt, t-shirt. If they have game mats, game mats. If they have, mm-hmm. you know, something to be able to help them stay not relevant, but like afloat. Afloat, yeah, is a, yeah. Good, ter- a good term. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think that helping out, not just helping out other people like that, but helping out yourselves, like. If you're stuck with your family, you know, this is a this is a great time, you know, even though 
it's it that like the way I said it just sounds stupid. Like it's a great time to do this. Like, well, you also said stuck with your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? But if you're you know home with your family and you know this stuff is scary. You know, I don't want to talk about it too much. You know, in the scheme of things, because we already know what's going on. It's been talked about like. Well, and we're totally sick of hearing about some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's why we kind of hesitated on this topic. But I was like, well, I think we want to talk about it more because I think we feel we felt like we needed to just remind everybody to continue to support each other. But circling back to your comment about being able to now that we have more time to spend with our families being together what a better time to or i can't think of a better time to not sit and play games yeah to enjoy yourselves you know don't don't let the craziness of everything get to you know i know it can kind of put you on edge you know hanging out with your family and playing those games and enjoying your time together it's a great way to do that you know so yep and i think we just kind of wanted to get away from even social media last night and I mean we would have had a game night anyway I mean who are we kidding (laughs) but it was nice to be able to not be online so much and to just be able to spend some time together kind of sort of social distancing ourselves to be able to play games and be able to do that yeah so I don't know I mean so go hang out with your family why wouldn't you want to who doesn't want to play games? <laughs> That's true. Who listening to this damn podcast? <laughs> That's true. That's what we do. Yeah. So speaking of support, you know, make sure you do that. But also, if you need any support from us, let us know at MFGCast on Twitter, Facebook. We know that all the news about this is prevalent and we, we've kept track of it, but we want to kind of be your escape. So if you need anything to talk about, let us know. So that's it for this episode. A little shorty, but I think informative and Um, something that we all kind of needed. So take it easy out there. Have fun playing games. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the Emoji Cast. Bye, everyone. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.